Hi, this is Keith, and welcome to Klezmer Podcast 50 for Thursday, April 16th, 2009. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and you can email me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. I'm very excited to be at episode 50. It's a bit of a milestone in the podcasting world, and a lot of shows don't quite make it to number 50. My show has been on the air for a little bit over two years now. I was hoping to reach episode 50 at around the two-year mark. I didn't quite make it. Missed it by a couple of months. But here we are nonetheless, and we have a great show for you today. My guests on this episode are Leova and Ina Barmash of their group Leova and the Contraband. This interview was recorded on March 8, 2009 in New York City after their performance at Barbes in Brooklyn. We recorded on the street, just standing on the sidewalk. It was late at night and beginning to rain, so it's interesting to hear some of the sounds of the city in the background behind the interview. After the interview, I'll play a track from their latest CD, Menmosine. So let's listen now to Leova and Ina from Leova and the Contraband. Hi, this is Keith with Klesner Podcast, and we're live in New York City with Yolva and the Contraband and uh, Ina Barmash. Uh, welcome to Klesner Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, I caught your uh, show earlier in uh, Barbas tonight, and I really like the music. It, it's very unique. Um, why don't you tell me about how you got the band started and uh, your approach to the music? Sure. Um, the band started uh, very, kind of as a byproduct of me scoring student short films. Uh, student shorts generally have a budget of maybe $100, $200, maybe $500, if they have a budget at all. Most of the times, you know, sometimes they don't. It's very hard to get anything out of a struggling filmmaker who is, you know, barely, you know, getting by and doing it for experience and so forth and the, and the dream. And so when, when I started scoring short films about 10 years ago, I had the choice of making demos for these short films either on my synthesizers, which were really bad uh, because, again, the budgets were small, and uh, or I could record everything. Uh, I could record some things with my viola. And so I started recording melodies with my viola because I realized that I could express so much more with my instrument than I ever could with a synthesizer or program a synthesizer. So I started recording melodies with my viola. And then when it came to harmony instruments. Well, I could record it on a keyboard, but again, I would have this kind of weird connection. So I started recording harmonies on the viola. And then I didn't have a bass, but I, I did have this availability or possibility of transposing the viola down an octave digitally. Um, and that's what I started doing. And it be, kind of became uh, my instrument. Uh, I started making these multi-track viola demos. And that became an album. Uh, I did an, a whole album, pretty much of exclusively multi-track viola music, uh, called Viola World on Four Strings. Uh, viola spelled with a J, V J O L A. And when it came time to promote the album, um, I had pretty much two choices. I could either uh, start performing it uh, with kind of a backing track and play the melody by myself and have a backing track on mini disc or a hard drive, whatever. Um, for all the other instruments, or I could do the less economical, more uh, dangerous part and start a band. And so, of course, uh, times were great. So, um, five, three years ago, anyway, you know, America was riding high, and so we started a band. 
and uh, we played our first gig at a yoga studio in, in Midtown Manhattan, I think four years, three years ago, two and, two and a half even, even less, and to promote this multi-track viola record. And then very quickly the band started uh, coming into its own. Uh, st- I started creating repertoire for the band. Uh, the band is viola, accordion, bass, percussion, and Ina here sings. And so we started playing its own repertoire, started having its own shows. We sort of we recorded it. Uh, an album of the band's music. People in the band uh, uh, started writing tunes for the band. We started doing film scores with the band uh, as as a unit, um, and uh, it's been a great uh, learning experience and an incredible ride. And it's something that continues to mature. I mean, now we're talking about a dance collaboration with a long-term collaboration with a dance project. Um, how I approach the music? I mean, I try to write things that scare me. I try to write things I don't know. I try to avoid any particular genre. But uh, at the same time, writing for film, sometimes, you know, things do come in a certain genre. I have a particular affinity for odd time signatures, which also kind of escapes any particular genre because, you know, there's no such thing as a 5-4 tango, at least until I wrote one. <laughs> or uh, I guess on the Jewish music list, there's been a huge discussion now about 5-4 horrors. But... And now we understand that it's actually someone's timing is a little uh, uh, lax, and uh, so um, I've you know I've been writing music in odd time signatures simply because I believe it, it should be done. You know we've so many so many things. Uh, we think ninety nine percent of the music out there is in three or in four, and then when you go to you know Serbia or Romania, there's things in seven eight, and those are the th- and in Bulgaria, there's things that are endlessly in changing meters, and they excite me to no end and I love the feeling of flying and uh, flying musically that is uh, not knowing where the beat is and just kind of going through this uh, leap you know all the time going from one phrase to the other and not knowing where you're going to end up next and it's it's an incredible kind of way so that's I approach it in trying to write things that, that scare me and scare the musicians and give us something to rehearse uh, I noticed a lot of different um, cultural influences on on the music that I heard, a little bit of Jewish, a little bit of uh, Eastern European, uh, like you mentioned, tango. Um, and it seems to blend all very, very well together. Yeah, I mean, and that's the, that's that's really true, and that's not something we concentrate on, but it's it's, it's something that happens very much as a result of our collective experiences. Uh, I, in addition to playing in the contraband, play in a gypsy band called Romashka, in which Ina also sings, and Patrick also plays. Um, I also arrange things for the Silk Road Ensemble, um, and where there's a lot of uh, music from the Middle East and Asia, and that we play I used to arrange for the Kronos Quartet and I arranged some hip hop and then, you know also as a working uh, well for a man named Jay-Z and as as uh, working in a film you know one one week the film is a, it's a Latin film I did a tango score I did a Cuban score there's a lot of little things and there's always more you know more source music to listen to and learn from and to get inspired from but when we do things for the band we never really talk about any particular genre and whatever comes it comes my bass player he played for years in a Brazilian influenced band called Nation Beat Matias studied Brazilian percussion um, so you know all these things come into play and uh, very unconsciously and pick up some subconsciously and I, that's great uh, tell me about your percussionist that, that he's got a very interesting uh, approach to percussion he's got a lot of different uh, 
instruments and implements, whatever you want to call it, and a, and a series of uh, whistles that he's using. Uh, how do you just let him go, or did you give him some direction on, on what to do, or how do you come up with, with all of those interesting sounds? Yeah, no, I let him go completely. I mean, I don't write anything for percussion. I... I, I leave all the percussion stuff extremely up to him. You know, we when I tried to find, I wasn't even looking for for a percussionist, but I came to a show once and there was one drummer that blew me away, and and, and he was the quietest drummer I ever heard, and that was Matthias, and he was just playing straight ahead jazz back then. But then I saw him with some other band, I don't remember which one now, but and he just blew me away. He play away, blew me away again, and then I realized that it was actually the same guy I heard five years earlier. And I realized that I must try to work with him because he has an incredible sense of texture, an incredible sense of color, an incredible sense of balance and rhythm. And, you know, when I started the band in the multi-track viola music, there was no percussion. And I, I you know, it was kind of, uh, I don't know, it was, it was an experiment really to try something with percussion because I never wrote anything for him. And it's impossible to write, you know, or I mean, I guess you could spend some time writing, you know, okay, brushes here on bar two, whistles here, shampoo bottles on bar three, and then that quick crinkly thing that goes, uh, you know, in bar four, and whatever. And, or, you know, I could write something out. Maurizio Kagel, uh, a great Argentinian Jewish composer, wrote a lot of music like that. Uh, we're writing out a lot of really detailed percussion parts, but I leave it all up to him, and I think he does it a lot better than I do. I just learn from him, basically. Well, it, it, it's a wonderful sound. I, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, but tell me about your background. You're originally from Europe? Yes, I was born in Moscow, Russia. Uh, came here at age 11. My parents uh, were also born in Russia. And, uh, yeah, came here at age 11. Uh, what else? <laughs> nice Eastern European Jews. Uh, mutt, I would say. Yeah. My, my mother has Romanian and Polish heritage, and my dad, basically, Ukrainian. Though he was born in Uzbekistan during the evacuation in 1945. So then, how did you uh, get started on, on the, your string instruments, or, or do you play other instruments as well? I no, I pretty much play strings. I play violin uh, and viola, and I have a six-string instrument called the famiola, which is kind of a cross between a violin, viola, and half a cello. It goes down to a low F, and uh, so I play those. And I started, I mean, you know, very innocently, when I was three years old, my mom asked me, uh, would I want to play a violin? And, you know, as a kid, I thought it was just another toy. And so I was like, play? Sure, I'll play, you know, fun. And little did I know that, you know, for years on end, I would have these lessons, and I would have to go and learn pieces, and instead of... With all my friends playing hockey outside, I would be stuck playing scales and arpeggios, and you know, I I, I missed out on my childhood for sure. But uh, I'm very much rewarded for it now. I think. Sure. Well, I want to get to Ina. <laughs> you know, you're the vocalist in the band. I heard you do a very nice uh, Russian song tonight. Um, tell me about uh, the songs that you do with the band. Well. Um, so Lova, Lova, I guess, has kind of a special challenge uh, writing songs for me that are um, that are really in no particular genre because really what I am, what I think of myself primarily is a Yiddish singer uh, and you know a folk singer. You know, I sing in Russian and um, and some other Eastern European languages. Uh, so, but for this band, for the contraband. You know, we we didn't want to make it you know necessarily an ethnic band. We just really wanted to do 
our own thing. So Lova set a few um, really beautiful uh, English uh, language poetry to to music, which um, uh, which you can hear on the Contraband's uh, CD Nemesine. Nemesine is the title track of the CD and also um, a song that Lova set to uh, music poetry by Trumplesticky, an American poet. So, uh, so it's been interesting, you know. Lova, right? The, the uh, I think the first show when I sang one of the songs that Lova wrote for the contraband, a friend of ours heard it and he said, you know, it's one thing that what Lova does to these instruments, you know, making them play and these crazy rhythms, but you know, to do that to a human voice, <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just inhuman. <laughs> so, uh, so it's fun. <laughs> Um, so you know, it's it's fun, you know, because the, the the amazing thing about Lova's music, I think, is that it's extremely challenging to play, at least at first. By now, the guys are actually pretty comfortable, you know, they'll take whatever comes. But it's extremely melodic and listenable, uh, and you know, most people in the audience, unless they're really trying to count have no idea what's going on and sometimes you actually see people trying to kind of conduct to themselves and then you see that they're you know suddenly completely uh get confused so yeah it's been fun so uh how would people uh find out about your band and uh find your cds uh you have website somewhere uh and uh the cds strangely enough we do have websites and cds <laughs> um my website is liova.com. Liova is spelled L is in left, J is in Jordan, O is in orange, V is in Victor, A is in apple.com. And the reason I do this is, of course, because I have to call the credit card company every other day um, or, or the phone company or something. So I, really, I have to spell my name all day. Um, if you don't like spelling, the, easy, the easier way to find it is to go to violapower.com. I actually own violapower.com. That will forward you to my website in there. There's a discography page which has both the contraband CD, Nemosini, and it also has the, oh, the my debut multi-track viola CD, Viola World on Four Strings. You can get those there. You can get those on iTunes and Amazon as well. Am I missing anything? And you can sign up on Noah's email list and hear when he's coming next to your town. And, and tell me that you got there through Klezmer Podcast. Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you. Ilva, Ina, um, uh, enjoyed your show and I enjoyed meeting you folks and, and uh, talking with you tonight. And uh, appreciate you taking the time to be on the podcast. Thank you so much. It's great to be here and I look forward to it. Hearing you guys. It's great being in the New York City, I tell you that. In the rain. <laughs> Thank you.
Hi, это Валера из Джудеси. Вы слушаете klezmapodcast.com. All right, I'm back. The song we just heard was Nemesine, the title track from the album of the same name by Leova and the Contraband. I like this song a lot because it features some very nice viola work by Leova, a very nice vocal by Ina, and also features as a guest artist my good friend and mentor Frank London. I'd very much like to thank Leova and Ina for appearing on the podcast and for providing the song for us to hear and also for their gracious hospitality during my visit to New York. So that's about it for episode 50 of Klezmer Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD that you would like me to review, please write to me at keith at klezmerpodcast.com. And once again, the website is www.klezmerpodcast.com. And you can also find me on MySpace at myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast. Also on Facebook at klezmerpodcast. And on Skype also at klezmerpodcast. And as always, the music heard on Klezmer Podcast is for promotional purposes only and is used with permission. So thanks for listening. Please stay subscribed. Tell your friends. And until next time, bye for now.